Hi, Monica. Hey, Amanda. It's none of our business. 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 So I gotta tell you something. Is it about me? Yeah. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> Fuck. Um, do you have any like weird fetishes? You mean like, do I like feet yeah. or... Like I don't... Socks. I... No, no. Do, okay. do you? My friend was recently selling some shoes, like high heel shoes on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. And for five bucks, like only five dollars for these shoes. So she reaches this guy reaches out to her, wants to buy them. He's going to come pick them up in the message. He goes, okay, like, um, I'll come get them, whatever. If you have any used socks you'd like to sell, I'll buy those off of you as well with like a smiley face. She immediately blocked him. Like, I don't know if she even ended up selling him the shoes. I was going to say, did did she sell him the shoes? I don't. Oh, I'm assuming on. not if she blocked him right away. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Would that bother you that much? Like That's what I'm wondering what you have to say to that. Okay. <laughs> so if if I was selling $5 shoes, which I wouldn't sell my $5 shoes... I would get, I would either give them away or... I give away everything on so Kijiji. I have given... Oh, fuck. I've given away thousands of dollars worth of stuff just because I want it gone and I want it gone That's now. That's a whole different conversation I think D- we yeah. should talk about because yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> But if somebody, if I was selling my $5 shoes and you know what I would do if someone said, smiley face, would you sell me your socks? I'd say, would you like me to throw in my panties? Because <laughs> you would think it was like a joke. No, I wouldn't think or it was a joke, joke, but I, it would just be like a ha ha. I wouldn't really throw in my yeah. panties, but I, and you know what? If he wants to pay me five dollars for my socks like i wonder what pair. he would pay for the socks right like i think maybe he's really actually more interested in the socks than the shoes yes i would likely agree with you so like i don't understand it like like there's some weird fetishes out there amanda like uh like i think the one of the like weirdest ones i've heard of is like when people want to dress up as babies like a grown man <laughs> Wants to be in like put in diapers or whatever. So where does I bet you that stems from just like having or not feeling like the okay it could go two ways. It could be you had a childhood where you didn't get affection and you're craving it, or you got a lot of affection from your mom and you love the way that she took care of you. I don't know, and but somehow it, you connected that to sexual. But fetishes are always sexual right yeah. so there ha- there's got to be something there okay, i don't get it yeah. i don't understand fetishes they I all mean, stem from somewhere they do and like like are <laughs> okay or men who want to dress in women's clothing that's another fetish yeah and i was listening reading i was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a man on there talking about uh, how basically sometimes women are like yeah i'm okay with it and then eventually he just gets dumped because they're like, I can't handle this, mm-hmm. that you want that. And I'm like, yeah, ooh, I wouldn't want to be with a man who, like, that to me, no. it just seems 
awful. But can you imagine <laughs> being somebody who has this feeling yeah. who can't tell anybody because you have so much shame a hundred percent like wrapped around the wrapped way around you... the way that you perceive the world or you yeah. feel it and i'm but i'm just like i can't i like, where does it okay let's let's think about where this huge sock one would come from okay so like this person really likes to get off from like it has a used sock like smell bad s- smell so it would be the first time they jerked off, maybe they were around all their dirty laundry. So the smell of socks. Or some woman was the first time they had sex. She had her dirty feet in his face. Yeah. Or so he just has like positive memories. It has to do with being bad or something yeah. and feeling, feeling aroused by bad behavior. Right. Car- this just reminded me. Carson and I were watching this show a couple days ago on Netflix called Kingdom. It's like okay. an MMA show. It's actually a really good show. Hmm. Um, I really liked it. But anyway, so at this one point, this guy was on, he's on parole. His parole officer came in, found out he was like fighting in this gym instead of doing what he was supposed to do. Yeah. But the parole officer has this fetish where he really likes like sweat and like salty, stinky things. Hmm. So... In order to, like, get away with whatever he was doing for his parole officer, the next scene you see him with the soaking wet shirt of the fighter guy running out to his car. And it was, like, a dripping soaking wet shirt. And he, he's, like, unbuckling his pants as he's running to his car. And he's got this sweaty shirt in his hand. And then you just it cuts to him with, like, the shirt over his face, like, the sweaty shirt. And he's jerking off in his car. Like, he couldn't even wait till he, like, got home, whatever. Like, he was, like, in his car and, like, about sweat. Like, where does that one come from? I don't... I don't know. We... We need a psychologist on yeah. here because I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, Amanda, your wine is actually pretty good. That's what happens when you buy a bottle, not a box. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't mind this wine at all. This, how much did you pay for this bottle of wine? Oh, it was probably only $11 or something. What? You know what? I... I just bought you a bottle of wine and I'm going to tell you now it was not $11 no. because it's like one of my favorites. So you're going to have to let me know what you think of it. It's more like a $25 bottle of wine. Okay. And I'm not just saying that yeah. to tell you how much I think you're worth because it's really the only kind that I had in my cupboard. That's I why think, I got you. Are you the kind of person though, because I think you are, that you, you think wine and yeah. price are related. Yeah. I think that I've proven to you now twice. twice. Yeah, that it's not bad, but... It's different. Like I could have lied to you and told you this was twenty dollars, and I would I would have believed you. Okay, yeah. so and it, we're getting off topic, but <laughs> the most expensive bottle of wine that I've ever had was two hundred dollars, and this wine was called Sesakaya, and it was so fucking good that like the first sip I was sad because I was getting that much closer to the end of the bottle. Like I'm like, oh okay. my god, like I did this. Oh my God. Every time I drank it, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to drink. I mean, what is it? Like a dollar a sip, like yeah. more than that. If somebody else is paying, but like for like, yeah. it just, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a cheap person, but I'm cheap about certain things. Like it's wine weird. is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like I just, I don't, maybe cause I know I'll drink it so fast. It's like, no. 
fair. Like, I'm going to drink $200 well, in like an the, hour? The, the trick, though, is like if you like expensive wine, the first bottle will be expensive and the oh. second bottle is cheap because by the time the second bottle opens up or second box, you're drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like kind of what we were talking about, like in the being cheap thing and selling things. Like, mm. I have some friends who literally will sell everything, to, you know, for oh. five bucks or whatever, just yeah. to like get it out of their house. Whereas what I do is I want it out of my house. I will just give it away. Yeah. So what is the, what is your opinion on that? Do you're the same as me then? So you know that I recently just moved, right? So yeah. I moved from Calgary to Airdrie and I get, you know what the problem with selling stuff is it takes time. So you say, I'm going to sell this pair of shoes for five dollars yeah. and then someone comes back to you and says they look at it and like it's only worth three yeah like no yeah. like i just want to put it outside and you're going to come and get yeah. it and i gave away my treadmill i gave away yeah, bookcases that's a sore spot for me by the way i know i, <laughs> I was know. in the market for a treadmill and this bitch gives her i gave away <laughs> tires like i gave away yeah. like my entire basement full of stuff like you know and christmas trees like anything that yeah. like do like, I yes, want to put it in a stand and yeah. light it up and put it on Kijiji for $10? Or do I want to say, come and get this damn thing and it's gone? I know. We are very similar, especially when it comes to kids stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I will it's clothes. Like, I will never sell clothes. But I just pack up the kids' clothes and give it to my friends with kids a little bit younger yeah. than, you know. And then when it comes to kids' stuff, like toys... I could very well list it. I have lots of friends that do. You list it, you get a decent amount of money. My one friend says that she pretty much nets, like breaks even on buying her kid toys because she just sells them. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I feel like, and when it comes to like karma and stuff, I'm like giving things to people who need them. Like, I guess I could get, like, there's this clock thing. It's like an alarm clock thing for kids. Uh, they're like 60 bucks. I, I bought one brand new and it's supposed to teach your kid to stay in bed longer. Essentially. They're not allowed to wake up until the sun comes up thing. Yeah. So I used it for Colton for years, just the other day. We don't use it anymore. So I reached out to a friend who said, I don't, do you need this? She goes, yeah, I was actually looking to go get one. Like this week, this sleep coach told me I should get one. I said, perfect. Here you have mine. Did she say how much can I? Well, she goes, I'll pay you for it. And I was like, no, like you're my, like, I don't. What like I could what twenty five dollars I could I'm take. The same way. I'm like I'm gonna make you pay me twenty five dollars when literally like I don't know. And but like, maybe it's because we both work. It, it, yeah. Does, does she work? Oh yeah. Okay. My friends who sell things work too. It's oh. just like they just there's people who do I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just like even we redid our basement recently. We ripped out all this carpet. Yeah. I just gave it to my girlfriend. She yeah. put it in her living room. Like we probably could have sold that. We had a trampoline in the basement for the kids, gave that to our friends. Then they came over and brought us a shit ton of booze. So they pretty much paid us for it. But yeah, like I just, we gave away Colton's car bed. Like we give away big items because yeah, I, I just too. don't yeah. want yeah. to deal with it. And I just yeah. feel like somewhere along the line, the car, like it's going to pay off. Like being a good person. I don't, like I that. don't know if it is or not, but <laughs> your I, life turned out like shit. <laughs> I, I think that there's this type of people like me and you who just give away our stuff. Yeah. And there's the type of people who, who just sell all their stuff. I've sold stuff before. Like back when I was on mat leave, you know, and Colton would outgrow toys or whatever. You had time. It's not fucking worth it, man. By the time you mm-hmm. take all the pictures, make the listing to get like, I don't know, a little bit of money. It's just not, I have so many other things I'd rather do. I'd rather pack it up and just give it to people who need it. 
I agree. I'm I'm totally with you. <laughs> I'm uh, drinking this wine and I'm thinking about something that happened to me last weekend. So last weekend we had a bunch of people over for drinks. A bunch of people, you know it's COVID, right? <laughs> okay, two other couples over. Two and a half couples over. <laughs> Anyways, cohort, I get it. <laughs> yeah, and um, so this couple that we don't normally invite came over and they wouldn't leave. Oh. Do you ever, ever had that happen? I have. Tell me more about how it all went down. Okay. Like, so was it, a, did you guys feed them? Was it dinner or was it yes. just drinks? Okay. We fed them and we drank them. Okay. So provided all. Oh, like yeah. they didn't even bring a bottle or anything. Um, they, yeah, they did. Yeah. But then they just, yeah, they yeah, stayed yeah. so long. It got yeah. to the point you had to yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So it's like 2.30 in the morning. Holy moly. And he, she's falling asleep on the couch. And he's still ranting about whatever he's talking about. Okay. And I'm like, what do you, like, sometimes if I don't know them very well. I don't know them very well because if somebody that I know well, I'd be like, okay, get the fuck. I, I would, and I have, get You're the like, fuck I'm out. Tired. Get the yeah. fuck out. I'm going to bed. Yeah. And so where was Greg in this? Was he talking? He's there. He talking was to talking? The, he's talking to the guy. So. Was and, it an engaging conversation? Was he talking at you or were you guys all talking well, together? Well, it's like total drunk conversation at this point. So 2.30 in the morning and it's like... Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're talking about the same thing over and over and, the, and it's the politics and it's... Gotcha. Stuff that's giving me a headache. And so not only that, there's so... There's somebody else there who's a neighbor of mine who I like quite, quite well. And yeah. she's also there. Okay. Who I can say, get the fuck out, but she's still there. Okay. you know what i mean it, yeah it was like one of those nights she's like well why should i leave yeah I'm drinking too everybody's yeah still everybody's yeah. still up yeah yeah so <laughs> what do you have an exit strategy i'll tell you okay i don't <laughs> because <laughs> i'm usually caught in one of those situations you were, you were that person who won't leave my house no well maybe but if I'm not the one who won't leave, I'm thinking in my head, I need to end this. We need to get out of here. It's fucking late, but I don't know how to get out because I talk so much, especially if I'm drinking, I will get myself in these conversations. And next, that's why I get so hungover is because I stay up so fucking late talking to the neighbors. Do you drinking. even know what you're saying? Like, no, because in the morning you're like, what the hell was that even conversation about? It's just a, a complete waste of time. Karsten is so good. Yeah. He'll be like. I'm going to bed like this is stupid and he'll just leave and we used to have parties at our house all the time and he would just leave me and he would go to bed and now like we mm. don't do it as much because we have like the kids sleeping and stuff but yeah. it's uh it's the same thing with not knowing when to not open another bottle of wine I don't know when to end the night sometimes because that's just who I am as a and, person and maybe like, and I always regret it like, but if you were somebody if you, if you were a guest in somebody's you home, should read the room and you should be like <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know you like, definitely I, should I'm, I think that I am a lot more cognizant of other people's body language right so you right? can tell when people are like so <laughs> it's like they're not offering you anything else to drink yeah uh, or the booze is all gone or yeah. I think that person was probably just like past the point of no return though, yeah right? like, you're, you're probably right like wife's asleep on the couch like he was probably just like he probably woke up and was like oh fuck yeah I'm I overstayed sure. my welcome there like well, that's... I don't know or just wow we were really drunk and yeah. you know I don't think we heard from them from for like five days and there was like oh my god I'm still hungover like it was one, that kind of a thing yeah it's definitely I I don't know you kind of just need to be like so um are you guys calling a cab or <laughs> like you know <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's always very uncomfortable when those situations <laughs> happen for sure. Maybe the key is just to keep up the drinking. Cause at that point I tapered off and do you know what I mean? Like had I kept yeah, but good for you for being able to stop. That shows that you're uh, good. But it was whiskey, not uh, wine. If it was wine, I would have, maybe know. that's my issue. It's cause I always drink wine. That's why. Oh yeah. And then like, but it hurts so much. Like it days. It hurts for days now. No. That wine. And then I tell myself, I'm like, you're not drinking this month. And then the Friday comes. I'll like all this not, month. Well, I'll, I'm like, you got to go a month without drinking. Just do it. And then, yeah. you know, Friday night comes and Crush like, let's Why? make a cocktail. I'm Why like, would you go a month without drinking? To prove that I can. Like I had to do it last January just to prove that I could because I was worried that I was drinking too much. And like, so are you, are you considering yourself an alcoholic? Like, what's your deal? No, I think I definitely have um, not control issues. Like, what is it? Like, over not knowing when to stop. Well, that's only after you open that second. I think we all yeah. do. Like, it's... it's No, because there's people that know how to stop. Yeah, but drinking lowers your inhibitions. Yeah. You're not oh. hopping on people's laps. Well, never mind. Like... <laughs> I'm making people get on my back. It, it does, <laughs> I said laps. So it does lower your sexual inhibition too. Like, oh, oh yeah, look good to me right now. You're hot. Yeah, a hundred percent. Drinking is fun. <laughs> right. Okay, so for the what the fuck segment, yeah, I got a good one. I think. I think it's good. Okay. Let's see here. So this guy writes in, he says, I'm a father of two. I work and I'm in a PhD program, but my wife is making it difficult. She's a fantastic person, but she's a busy on purpose type and absolutely refuses to give me any time to finish my dissertation. For example, she'll make an elaborate meal and then she's too exhausted to clean up. She'll take a full on bath with the kids every single night. She plans extravagant weekend activities like planting raspberry bushes but then she gets overwhelmed and needs my help. Our baby's first birthday party went from just lunch and a cake with grandma to an all day party with pot stickers, pancakes, all of her siblings, plus their partners. I have a splitting headache several times a week because I end up working late and into the night after dealing with her time vampirism <laughs> all day long. I've tried to talk to her, but she gets really upset because she's doing it for the kids. The kids are really happy, but it's just too much. I've offered to drop out of my program because I'm making great money and she hates that idea. I feel like I have no choice but to quit school against her wishes or file for divorce. I think I'm only asking because I'm afraid those ideas are my only options. Do you have any ideas? Oh, so what do you think? Boundaries. Like he doesn't have any boundaries set. No. You know, like he is somebody who is a people pleaser. Yeah. Like, and, and I can relate to that because I'm, uh, I'm a bit yeah. of a people pleaser myself. So until you, you know, something that I learned a, not that long ago actually was if you don't let people know your boundaries, people will yeah. just walk all over them. And being nice is actually a disservice to yourself. So when you, like you think that you're just this, this is why we do it. We think that we're this kind, amazing person and everybody is going to love us and we're, and you just go ahead and, and yeah. my needs don't matter. So we'll just go ahead yeah. and do what you need. And he's with her because of that, because he can fulfill that in her. She is somebody who demands and he is someone who says yes. So what do you think is going on in her head? Because I'll tell you what I think. I think that she's a little bit unaware yeah. 
That's what I think. I think that she is so used to getting everything that she needs from him. He will, like, you want to plant raspberry bushes? He'll go, yeah, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, will that make you happy? I will do that. And then she'll say things like, I'm so overwhelmed. And then he will say, what can I do? He's the type of person who... I've got this. I can do everything. I can go to school. I can go to work. I can take care of the kids. I can take care of you. I got this. And he's fucking drowning. Yeah. That's what's going on. I think she expects it because she doesn't understand how much he's drowning. So I, I'm going to say, I see it from her point of view. Not that I like, okay, this is, hear me out. Yeah. (laughs) Because when you're home with kids all day and you don't work Mm -hmm. and all you have is the kids. Mm -hmm that's your identity and that's what you're doing and you get so wrapped up in your little bubble of well we need raspberry bushes and of course we're gonna have a party and of course I'm gonna have a bath with the kids like these this is my family and and then she gets herself in way too deep and she's like well my husband will help that's what he's there for like we're a family and we do this together he's their dad I'm their mom we're one family She's not thinking of all the extra shit that he's got on his plate. She just needs help yeah. with her stuff. Yeah. And I've kind of fallen into that sometimes. Like when I plan similar type stuff with the kids and stuff. And I'm like, well, of course Carson will help me. Not realizing he's running a business. He's doing all his shit too. And he's like, I'm like trying to do all this stuff. Like I can't also do your work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they've set up their family as she does the kid stuff and he's doing this. And then the other part of it is she probably wants him to finish his PhD. She wants him to be that successful doctor or whatever it is that he's doing. Plus he makes good money doing whatever it is he is doing now. So she's secure with her life that he's providing for her. And she just wants, she wants everything. She does want it. And I don't, I bet you she doesn't really understand how, um, needy and like actually shitty she's being well she doesn't but like i said i think that there's a pattern and that's codependency 101 yeah. you know it's like you have this needy person the wife and she just seems like she's needy because she's gotta know that her husband is working late through the night and <laughs> has headaches and she's not doing anything to help him. Yeah. She's just saying, what about me? Yeah. I'm right? tired too. I'm you tired try being too. home with the kids all day. Exactly. You know how hard it is to have bubble baths. And <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm minimizing it because yeah. I know how much work it is to look after little kids. I've done yeah. it. I've been a stay-home mom. And you want to fucking gouge yeah. you your eyes help. out. And that's why I feel a little bit of sympathy for her because I did the... Like, you know, I was home with my kids when yeah. I was on mat leave and stuff. I, and I remember just staring at the clock, waiting for Kirsten to come yeah. home. And I didn't really give a fuck that he was tired. I no, just needed I help. Agree. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's actually really shitty. <laughs> but if, okay, so then there's a job. So you're waiting for your husband to come home, but he's also trying to get his PhD. <laughs> Which is going to make your life better in the long run. So you need to make sacrifices. So he needs to actually lay it out for her and say, look, I love you, but, um, if you want me to finish my PhD, I need, I need time. I need three hours uninterrupted 
every day. And if I can't get that, if you cannot give that to me, if that is not something that we can work on, I'm going to have to drop it. Yeah. Like, because my plate is way too full. I'm Mm -hmm. running at 99% capacity. Yeah. And I, you know what? I really think that that's going to be difficult for him because he's writing in to to a (laughs) forum to say, what do I do? He's not somebody who knows how to put his boundaries out. Like, and I mean, I can relate. I'm not very good with my own boundaries either. I think that I'm getting better in, in my previous relationship i had zero boundaries like you want to walk over my boundary i'll just you know whatever you need i'll be there to help you and you he's get something out of that he's getting something out of that because you you fulfill somebody else's need and you feel that endorphin rush it feels good to be the like it feels it feels good to be able to help somebody and codependent people in that role fall into that and you fall in love with somebody who can fulfill that for you do you think that people who like like somebody like him do you think he sought out maybe yes. intentionally or unintentionally yes, a partner absolutely. yeah like so you you look for somebody that you can take care of yes interesting yes i recently had a conversation with another woman and uh, we had the same type of child rearing so my mother was uh, you know a narcissist very demanding and your you know who you are as a child as a person means nothing the only thing that that a parent like that cares about is how you can make them happy. So whether that means you are, you say the right things to them or you, you cater to them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then you learn that as a child, that the only way to make somebody happy is to do this thing where you just, I will make you happy. And subconsciously you look for that in your next relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's often what happens is, um, Somebody like me, somebody like the woman I was talking to, and maybe this guy, you look for that codependent relationship to fulfill that need of you feel good when you can. You try to replicate what you had as a child because that's like. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. And it's a pattern that it's just a fucking pattern. Yeah. So what do you think her thing is? She likes to be taken care of Mm -hmm. the wife. So Mm -hmm. she had that, you know, as a child. Yeah. So tell me about her childhood. What well, was her childhood I'm like? thinking that she was the princess, you okay. know, like daddy's little girl. Yeah. You are amazing. Oh, I'll do that for yeah. you. Like, yeah. don't worry about it, honey. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's yeah. the way it is. And then you sort of put yourself into helpless mode. Yeah. You know? It's so hard because when you, I'm thinking about now, okay, when I'm raising my kids, how do you find that limit of how much you do for them? I don't want my kids to turn into princesses. Do you know what I mean? Well, don't you find that your kids ask for shit? Like, do you know what I mean? They ask for a certain level of independence. Mm-hmm. Like I know oh, yeah. when Johnny was nine years old, he said to me, I don't want you to put me to bed anymore. I want to do it myself. Aww. I want to, I want to go to bed by myself. Yeah. Not when you say, and I said, well, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to wake up and you're not going to be able to go to school. And he's like, and I said, okay, but we'll give it a go. First day that you can't wake up on your own. Like when I say, Johnny, wake up, it's over. And I decide your bedtime. And he said, okay. And he never did. He always got out of bed because he wanted his independence. So when your kid asks for independence, it's true. Yeah. It's true. But they Mm -hmm. generally will ask it. And I think Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. God, you know what's so interesting? I was watching this show on child development on Netflix the other day. And in Japan, at three years old, you send your kid for their first errand, it was called. And I was baffled. So this three-year-old who lived in an apartment, he had to go pick up an order of sushi down at the deli, which was like three blocks away. So you've seen <laughs> this kid in Japan, three years old, crossing the road, Whoa. opening a door. Right, and they I actually and, love that. And they said it was because it's very common in Japan. And they said it was because like it was their child is called the child's first errand, and it and it brought back a different child because it. And I'm thinking, what? Three years old, crossing the road? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we would never do that as North Americans. There's this whole thing on that free range parenting. Like, Karsh and I had that whole conversation about it on my other. We keep referencing yeah. it. But- yeah. Um, yeah, like I really like the idea of doing that to a certain extent. Three is kind of young, but, but it's also, we're in a different culture. Like if we see three-year-olds out by themselves, we're kind of like, holy shit, where's your parents? Yeah. I think it's even against the law to do it here. But in Japan, you know, if this is like a cultural thing that they do, then it's like, okay, this kid's just on their first errand and all the adults around probably look out for him or her or whatever. Right. Like you imagine. Yeah. Holy shit. But now like we send our kids to the park and we're like, Oh God, are we going to get police called on us? It's crazy. I know. But giving your kids independence, like to be able to fail, you have to let your children fail. And and I totally fucking believe that to my core is if your children don't know how to fail and how to do something, like if they fall down and there's nobody there, they're just going to stand up, you know? Yeah. But we don't do that to our kids anymore. And I I think I'm wondering what what, what are we doing? Well, that's the thing is I think a lot of people nowadays are very like dependent on their parents for everything like as adults like I follow a lot of people on Instagram and you know there's a bunch of the younger you know 25 26 year olds are always talking about calling their mom for advice and I'm like what like you're an adult like I there's no way I was calling my mom for advice well didn't you think your mother was stupid when you were 25 26 I don't know like not because your mother is stupid just because you thought you knew everything well yeah I don't know if I ever outgrew that. <laughs> yeah, I think me I'm, neither. Me I'm neither. still that person who's just like, I'm like, you can't get through to me. I know everything. So what was your, what is your independence level? Like when you, how old were you when you left home? I was 17. Wow, 17. Why did you leave home so early? Because I had a boyfriend that I wanted to live with. At 17? Yeah. I think I was like fully, yeah. Like did I was you graduate six, high school? Yeah. Were you? I, I was young though, so I didn't turn 18 until like November after I graduated. I graduated okay. at 17. Wow. So I, yeah, I was like living with him and I lived outside of the city and it was just, I was driving in all the time for work. And I think I started dating him when I was 17 or 18. So I for sure was not living. Like I was, maybe I technically moved out when I was 18, but I was like sleeping over at his house all the time when I was 17. So what was your relationship with your parents? Did you, were they obviously didn't, you weren't the little princess where they were doting no. on you and let me do this for you. And no, you, you know. I have like specific, like I had a decent amount of freedom once I got my own car. Right. So I would be able to drive into town and like, it was like this, the guy's name was Kyle, my ex-boyfriend, but he, before we were dating, we were just good friends. So it was like us, a group of us. We'd all just sit around his dingy apartment and smoke weed. How and- old was he in apartment? He was, well, his whole story is a lot different. He was only a year, maybe two. I can't even remember now. He's the one who was the Jehovah's Witness. Oh, nice. And his family was like, 
you don't want to be a Jehovah's Witness anymore. Get the fuck out. Like he was oh. like, so he was on his own. Like I want to say on the streets, but not really. He slept on people's couches from the age of 17 to whenever. And like, he eventually got his own place. And it was like, cause he kind of reminds me of your ex. Like I did a lot for him mm. and I felt like I had to take care of him. And cause I'm like that person. So I remember sitting at my job at McDonald's looking through the, the want ads for like houses for him and like ones that would accept somebody so young and stuff. So we would, we get him these apartments and I would just sleep over there all the time. And then eventually we started dating and then I, so what were you getting out of that relationship? Were you getting out of the whole, I will take care of you and like, you know what, what I'm just talking about right now? This it must whole, have been. But then why did you leave that relationship? Because I met Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> we could get into this whole story. But like, why? Like, what was the difference? We don't have to do the whole thing, but what was the difference between, because it sounds like this guy has been rejected from his family, blah, blah, blah. And here, and I know you are, you're an organizer. Yeah. You are someone yeah. who's like, you are like that focus person so did, I must have got you something just... out of it it's hard to say because I was so young too right yeah. so like like if if I was dating him now it would be totally different because you know I would have more of an idea of like what I'm uh, what I was doing it and for who you are I yeah. think part of it was I didn't have a lot of like boys who were interested in me when I was younger anyways like I had had other but you're little so pretty I'm so pretty it's the personality that brings them in <laughs> I uh so he was like one of the first not one of, but he was like somebody who was paying attention to me. I was like, okay. Like I didn't really like him at I first. Like we were like just yeah. friends and I yeah. was like, whatever, it's Kyle. I don't care. Yeah. And then he just liked me so much and I, he just kind of wore that. me down. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess, you know, this is the relationship I'm in now. This and is what then, we're supposed to be doing. You know, right? and then I just kind of like fell in love with him because we were like, we talked about marriage and everything. And I thought I was going to marry this guy, like at the age of 20, 21. And I remember talking to one of my bosses, I worked at Payless Shoes and she goes, there's no way you're going to marry him. Like, I can tell you that right now. Like, she just knew looking like he's a fucking loser. Like he's alcoholic, smoke pot. Like he literally was becoming an alcoholic right when I left him. Like he mm. would every day after work, he'd pick up a Mickey of vodka and a 12 pack of beer and he would drink yeah. it every single day. Like it was getting bad. Um, but yeah. So then eventually I just went through the motions and he was like a hermit, always stayed home. And you know me, I'm outgoing and I'm always out and about. And this is at the age of 20. So you were getting frustrated. Obviously. Yeah. I was 20 years yeah. old. I wanted to go out all the time. He always wanted to stay home. And then it got to like, we had collections calling our house all the time. And I always had to like, not answer or like lie uh. that he wasn't home, you know? And like, this is the person I thought I was going to marry. Like, yeah. really? Like yeah. look, my parents must've been like, holy fuck. But Did they, you have a moment of like, what the fuck am I doing? Did you have a moment like that? I don't think I did. I don't know. I don't, I, it's, it was so long ago now. So what, what happened then? So like, how did Karsten, how does Karsten come into this? Well, so Kyle got a job at this place and he was like, uh, me and some coworkers are going to go out for wings. And this is, I was like, what? You're leaving the house? Like you're going out somewhere? Cause it would be seriously on the weekends. I would get dressed up, go out with my friends and he would stay home. Like, yeah. And either have people over like his like weird friends, like, or stay home by himself and like have a bath. Like he was just a weird fucking guy. Like I think he had some, obviously had some, like he was rejected from his mom. Like we can get into that another time. We absolutely should. He is fucked. Mm. So, um, and he was a victim too. Like he always played the victim. Like he had that whole thing. But anyway, so I'm like, holy fuck, you want to go out like on a Monday night? Like, oh my God, let me did my hair, put on heels. Like we were going out. It was just to like a pub for wings. So we go and we're sitting on the patio and there's a bunch of us, maybe like six or eight or something. And Karsten happened to be one of the guys like that was friends with the guy Kyle worked with. Okay. 
So he comes in and me and Kyle are at different ends of the table and Carson sits down. We start chatting because I'm just like a chatty person. Carson had no idea I was even dating Kyle because we were nowhere near each other. Yeah. So he sees me, (laughs) falls in love immediately. (laughs) And then, um, we, at the end of the night, it was kind of like, okay, we've all. Was there a connection? Did you, did you have like a spark? Like what was it? Not for me. I will connect with a fucking wall. Literally, I can find a connection. That's why you love me so much. That's why I love you. Yeah. That's the thing about me is I can find a connection with literally anybody I'm having a conversation with. So to me, it was just a conversation. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, this guy is fun to talk to. I was like shooting the shit with him, whatever. We just had a good conversation. So then that, the, we were leaving the bar. We lived in an apartment across the street from the bar. We're like, why doesn't everybody come over to my house after like our house? We'll just like, you know, have more drinks because it's Monday night and we're 20. Like we didn't care about work yeah. the next day so everybody comes over kyle and his co-worker are playing guitar in the house me and karsten end up on the balcony and we're just chatting again because kyle or karsten at that point's like holy fuck your house like you guys are dating he's like so confused at this point yeah but he's like whatever like this chick is awesome <laughs> so we go back to our house but then the next day at work i i just was like this is back before phones were even like a thing yeah. like yeah, i was yeah. in my purse in my desk and i hear it go off i was like what like you didn't keep your phone out because yeah yeah nobody called it that there, time. was it or like a razor flip or something it was very he had a razor flip okay. i had i don't know I had this you, you had the phone. nokia or yeah. something <laughs> so i get a text message and it's like from him it was a text message yeah okay and he was like just like how's it going and like we just started kind of like chatting you know and i'm like oh right then i'm like this guy likes me but yeah. whatever like i'll humor him because getting attention is fun right yeah, you know it, this we've mm-hmm. talked about this lots of times yeah. like i was like i didn't care but then over the summer progressed and you know i we started hanging out all the time and they'd be like we're going out like are you coming kyle would be like no i'll stay home one thing led to another and me and me and Kyle (laughs) I uh yeah me and Karsten are together now (laughs) what the hell my phone keeps going off you're so popular turn your ringer off it's because I'm so pretty (laughs) yeah so that's uh that's a thing yeah that's my story I don't even know how we got into that (laughs) you guys want to know this (laughs) it's always good to know but like it's interesting to know like we're talking about codependency yeah. and how we... I think I did. Like if I hadn't have met Karsten, I probably would have been with Kyle a lot longer. I had no plans to leave him. Like, uh. it's not like I was unhappy. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. Do I you didn't... remember how you ended it? Uh, yeah. Uh, not really. Like I cheated on Kyle. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, we can still be together like I thought I was still gonna be with Kyle and then like I was so used to him being around when I finally was like I don't think we should do this anymore I wanted to I wanted him to move out into like a different apartment in the same building because I still wanted him near me like because we were like Uh. best friends in my brain like yeah I I didn't really realize like I just didn't you're young I couldn't imagine him not being part of my life right Uh, so it was just it was fucked like it was stupid and then he actually died (laughs) oh (laughs) so that's really fucked up like so another fucked up. So like we didn't talk for years and years. Like this was yeah. 12 years ago now. Me and Carson are married. have a couple of kids at this point. I've seen him around on like Facebook and stuff, but we haven't really spent much time together. But in the back of my head, and I told Carson this, I'm like, I kind of want to reach out to Kyle and just like maybe apologize to him because when it ended, I was a dick to him. I'm like, you're a fucking loser, piece of shit. Like I was just mean to him. Yeah. 
So I should reach out to him, blah, blah, blah. Carson goes, yeah, you should. And then I just never really did. A couple months after I said that, I see on Facebook, he's been diagnosed with leukemia and like literally died within, I want to say a month. So you never got to say goodbye. I never never got to say sorry. I never got to do anything. But then I reached out to some friends that still knew him kind of and that like I still knew so we went for a beer right after he died and I was like guys like I feel fucked up about this like I really wish I would have reached out blah 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 yeah and they started telling me about who he was now and what kind of person he is and I was like nope what would have happened I would have met up with him I still would have thought he was a loser I probably would have gotten a fight with him and it would have gone bad. I know it would have. Like, so just- it's, it's really interesting because as I hear you tell that story, I think, well, you know what? I would have just felt guilty because I would have thought if I would have stayed with him, yeah. I would have made him a better person. I would have made sure he wasn't. He couldn't have been fixed. No, he was too I know. far gone. Well, the only person that could fix Kyle is Kyle. Yeah. You know, and I, I talk about that in the same situation as me. And I still yeah. have terrible guilt over my own ex where yeah. I still go, I could have fixed him. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the only person that can fix is is the person themselves. And it's really shitty. Like I ran into him actually downtown. I was working out and he happened to be working in like in that You Thrive building where we work. Oh, out. really? I was like working out and I look up and there he is. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, what the hell are you doing here? And like, turns out he was the maintenance guy of that building. So yeah. I saw him a couple times there and I talked to him outside one time like, Oh my God, how you been? And I remember being like, holy shit, this guy looks bad. Like his teeth were all fucked. Like he looked like he had done like, I don't think he was into Math like drugs, but I think it was like alcohol and smoking cigar. Like he was just like a gross, like he, he just looked like, wasn't a, taking- like a skid. Like let's exactly, down, right? exactly. And then, you know, maybe it was cause he had health issues. Who knows? Like, cause it wasn't yeah. long after that, that the diagnosis came through and I feel shitty. Like, when people die, we always like build them up to be like, oh, they were such a great person. I and know. he had a lot of good qualities. He was really fun and funny, but he also had a lot of dark shit in him. And he was on the downswing. And like I said, when I went for the the drinks with our co like our friends or whatever, they the they were telling me who he was as a person. I'm like, he wasn't getting better. Like he was actually bad. Like he was super isolating himself. He was super fucked up in the head. Like I'm like, I couldn't have fixed that. We could not have been friends. There's no possible way because when we ran into each other outside of the gym, he didn't ask me how I was. He didn't do anything like that. Oh, All he did was go, I'm doing so great. Me and my girlfriend, this, we're going to move to BC. Um, I make so much money at this job. And I was just, cause I have such guilt about feeling like such a dick to him. I was like, that's so great. Oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm going, you don't fucking ask me if I'm good. Like, but probably because he knows I'm good. Like, he sees yeah. me on Facebook with, like, husband, it, two it, kids. It like, seems to be, like, uh, like... He's trying to prove himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to prove who he is. He's trying to prove that, like, I'm good. I didn't need you. Like, fuck. I'm doing awesome now. And I let him have it because, and you know... I, because when you are really good, you don't have to say those things. No. Like, if you are living, like, your best life and you see someone you haven't seen in a while, yeah. you don't start spewing that well, shit. Well, that's the thing. Like, right. and that's why I didn't feel the need to say anything because I was like, I'm going to let him have this because yeah. it just made... Ugh. It was just... It's just it's a little shit. heartbreaking. I know. Right? And I think about him probably at least once every two days he pops into my head. Like, I wonder how his family's doing, all that shit, because, like, the whole situation is really... So he died of leukemia? Yeah. Wow. That, and that was the, like, like is leukemia, like a disease, like that's blood cancer. cells. Like it's yeah. a cancer. Oh, fuck. Like heartbreaking. I, I know. <laughs> How old was he when he died? 
Uh, maybe 35. That's so young. I know. <sighs> yeah. It's tough. And, and somebody I was that close, like, cause we were good friends when we were like teenagers too, right? Before we started yeah. dating. Like I was with him through all of his like family shit. I don't know. It's really shitty. <laughs> Why are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for tuning in to the none of our business podcast with Monica and Amanda. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Even your Alexa will play us if you if you ask her to. <laughs> Alexa, play none of our business podcast. She'll fucking do it too. Tune in, we'll show you our boobs. Yeah, if you subscribe, the first hundred subscribers will get to see our boobs. It's none of our business. 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 It's none of our business.